2: Gift responsibly. Oh, L-M-F-M. The eleven to one show
0: with Gilmore's Mercedes Benz Kings Court. Choose from our huge selection of used Mercedes Benz vehicles. Gilmore's Mercedes Benz Kings Court, the best in motoring, here for you.
3: You are listening to LMFM's eleven to one. Sinead Brazzle here with you. Kate Moss is a wagon. Yeah, hear about her hilarious mix-up that's going viral on TikTok. I'll be bringing you that very shortly. But first, let's kick things off with Abba and Dancing Queen.
0: Ooh,
3: yeah. There's Abba and Dancing Queen kicking us off this Wednesday morning. Message coming in on 086-1800-658. Sinead, did you just call Kate Moss a wagon? Kind of, kind of. I did call Kate Moss a wagon. Well, she called herself a wagon, right? This is a hilarious mix-up now. You know when you say, she's an awful wagon, and you kind of say it like that as well, don't you? You wagon, (laughs) you. Have to say it like that. Uh, And it's not a nice term, a wagon, calling a woman a wagon. But you know, uh, people are in stitches because uh, Kate Moss, she was asked about her time in Ireland and she revealed that she got a nickname from her supermodel days. One she thought was given to her for another reason. Okay, the word was wagon and here is her sort of explaining the nickname and her version of what she thinks the word wagon means.
1: We were in Ireland and we got a little bit tipsy at a wedding and I think in Irish, wagon is drunk. So basically, we were all wagons because during that time we were all doing shows, drinking a lot of champagne and calling each other
0: wagon.
3: (laughs) (laughs) In Irish, wagon does not mean drunk. No. So, of course, this has gone all over the place. She's going viral on TikTok as well. And, uh, yeah, Naomi Campbell was in on this as well. She was kind of saying, you know, we're wagons. You know, we're naughty. We enjoy life. We laugh. Just girls having fun. So, of course, people are like, do we tell her do we tell her to stop calling herself a wagon as well because a wagon does not mean a drunk person a wagon means you're a I'm not going to say it but look you know it's not nice it's not nice essentially um, so I feel a little bit sorry for Kate Moss and the wagon thing and I sort of relate because I remember not being called a very nice name because of my actual second name yep I've mentioned it on this show before. It still hurts. It does still hurt, you know. The taunts are still there. Uh, people used to call me Brazzle Bush. Bra- Brazzle Brush, even. Brazzle Brush, right? And it just used to drive me bonkers. As a young child, it used to drive me mental. Now it's not that sort of, you know, at least it's not a wagon like Kate Moss, I suppose. But there was sort of no kind of comeback for this, you know? Brazzle brush, brazzle brush, this kind of stuff. This is what I was called. So um I kind of feel I feel the pain of Kate Moss calling herself a wagon. Kate, you're not a wagon. Do you know what I mean? Don't be calling yourself that. But um yeah, it has set the internet a light this morning. Uh, wagons. Uh yeah, I don't know. Uh Brazzle Brush, that was mine anyway. If you had a nickname that was good. Maybe you gave yourself the nickname. Or were you called something that you didn't like, let me know. 086 1800 658. Oh eight six one eight hundred six five eight a cheering photograph on LMFM's 11 to 1. We're talking about nicknames today. <laughs> Some people are getting in touch on 086-1800-658. This is on the back of Kate Moss mistaking herself for a wagon. Although, I don't know, maybe is she a wagon? I don't know. I don't know Kate Moss, so I can't judge on this. But I've asked, you know, have you had a bad nickname? Were you given a nickname that you didn't really want? Uh, and the usual kind of one that people might expect for somebody called Murphy Spud. My second name is Murphy, says this message. Need I say more? Absolutely not. I totally get you. 86 658 This is interesting. Ryan's been on. He says, Sinead, my nickname is Big Mac. Uh, it's nothing got to do with my name at all. I had a big rant about Big Macs in McDonald's uh, when I was in college. I wasn't a fan of this particular Big Mac that I had gotten. <laughs> it wasn't big at all. So, of course, now my friends call me Big Mac. I kind of love that nickname though because it's kind of got a cool story plus Big Mac sounds like somebody, you know, if you walk into the room, oh, there's Big Mac, the guy everyone wants to see, Ryan. That's what I'm loving about that. Do you keep those coming in? Oh no, 861800658. Were you ever given a nickname that you kind of, you know, stuck but you weren't mad about it or maybe you do like it, I'd love to hear from you. Uh, now, talking about words and confusing ourselves around words, author Grace Tierney is going to be with us in the second hour of the show but uh, she is back for word fillery but she has a mystery word for us. Okay, I'm going to give you the details of the mystery word plus a prize I have up for grabs after these. Oh, L-M-F-M.
2: The 11 to 1 show the
3: 11 to 1 show. I am loving the texts about nicknames coming in on 086-180-658. Jamie is in the home office. He says, Sinead, my granddad used to call me Torch. I never understood it. Maybe it was because he thought I would light up any room. (laughs) A shining light. Or maybe it's because he'd always end up having me standing in the garage holding a feckin' torch so he could see while he was working on cars. I love that. I absolutely love it. I think it's the second one, Jamie. But I love that you think that you light up any room. <laughs> Brilliant. Keep them coming in 086 Niall Horan with our song and LMFM's 11 to 1. Now on Wednesdays at the middle of the month normally we have our author Grace Tierney on with us for word foolery and every uh, month she gives us a mystery word that we sort of have to you know use the brains to sort of guess what it is right. Now the only rule with this is no googling allowed. Okay do not google resist the urge no asking Alexa either. I know I know all the tricks. Okay so no googling That is my only rule, okay, and you have to tell me the meaning of our mystery word, okay. What do we have up for grabs? Okay, we have a book for you up for grabs, The Other Guinness Girl, A Question of Honour by Emily Horson. OK, this is a, a a really nice story. It's Honour Guinness. She's a rich, aristocratic, shy and awkward. Nothing like alien Maureen and Una, her glamorous Guinness cousins. But when she marries charming and ambitious American Henry Chips Channon, together they make the perfect couple determined to conquer London society. They're soon at the heart of the best social circles, including a friendship with the Prince of Wales. But when the in the marriage, all is less than perfect. So the other Guinness girl, a question of honour, that is up for grabs. Our mystery word is... Cruisling. Okay, so C or Double Cruisling. Okay, cruisling. So really what we're looking for is the most hilarious meaning to this. Okay, we don't I'm kind of looking for the wrong answer with this. So I'm thinking it could sound like somebody that's kind of sleazy. He was cruisling. I don't know. It's it kind of creeps me out that word. It gives me the heebie-jeebies that word, cruisling. What do you think it means? I think it means sleazy but I am completely wrong as usual. I always am with this. So think of what you what your meaning of what it is is what I want, right? No Google. No right answers, OK? Cruisling. What do we think cruisling means? C-R-O-O-Z-L-I-N-G The most hilarious answer will get a book and we we'll, all will be revealed at grace in the second hour of the show but uh, do keep your suggestions coming in 86 086-1800-658 there's the cores, Don't Say You Love Me. Lots of messages coming in with great guesses. Keep those coming in for the, our mystery word, Cruzling 0861800658. Now, since breaking out in late 2017, Dublin based band Wild Youth have been on an upward trajectory really in the Irish music scene. But... They've surprised people because they've uh, put in a bid for Eurovision. So we're going to be catching a word with Connor O'Donoghue. He's the keyboard player with Wild Youth. All about this bid for Eurovision. He's going to join us after these.
2: The 11 to 1 show.
3: Since breaking out in late 2017, Dublin-based band Wild Youth have been on an upward trajectory in the Irish music scene. Cementing themselves is one of the most popular acts around right now. They've packed out marquees at festivals, they're selling out shows consistently, they're touring with huge artists and they're getting huge radio play. The band is going from strength to strength. Even lockdown didn't hamper their creativity. But in a surprise move, the band announced recently that they are aiming for a Eurovision victory with their single We Are One. They are hoping the submission will win the public vote and that they'll head to Liverpool to represent Ireland. I'm delighted to be joined on the line now by keyboard player Conor O'Donoghue from Wild Youth. How are you getting on, Conor? Hey, how are you doing? I'm great, I'm great. The last time we spoke actually was in lockdown and so much has happened since then, including this big announcement. But I have to say, I did a double take when I heard that you guys are putting yourselves forward for Eurovision. I <laughs> didn't expect it at all. Has that been the reaction from fans and the media kind of surprise?
1: I, I think some people, yeah. I mean, if anyone follows me on Twitter, maybe not because I used to just tweet it the whole time. Um <laughs> But that was more just trying to manifest it and just, I was—I almost kind of, it was just something I randomly tweeted one day, honestly, when I was sitting at home on my couch and uh, a newspaper picked it up and then loads of people started getting behind it and it kind of caught fire a little bit. And then people it. were tagging Michael Keeley underneath, who's in charge of the Irish, and it kind of just all grew from there.
3: I love it, and you mentioned a key word, which I've just kind of it's gone off in my head here because I'm a big manifesting fan. You've said the word manifest. Would you be sort of somebody that's into this kind of law of attraction, the secret vibe?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, very yeah, good. and the power, of, the power of positive thinking. Yes, yeah, totally. Wow. Something I'm into. Yeah.
3: Okay, so, like, would this be something that you, like, would have done all through your life, or, like, is it something that you kind of happened upon recently enough?
1: Um, I think I struggled quite a bit with my mental health, and just sometimes just with different things. Um, I just got into a thing where I just, I, I run every day, which helps my mind a lot, and then from there, I just, I try and remain positive, and I try and stay driven, and I just try and set goals all the time, and I think about them all the time, and, whether that's put my screensaver on my phone as something I want to achieve within the next three months or if it's putting it on my wall or my pleasure, it's always. And I'm very kind of, I'm very focused on what I want to do and what I want to achieve.
3: I love um, that, Connor, and I love the screensaver. Do you know, I've recently started doing stuff like that myself, or I'll set alarms off and the alarm will remind me of the goal. I love that. I love yeah, that you do that or, as well.
1: Or another good one is if you write it all down in your notes, everything you want to achieve, and then every day. So if that's waking up every day and running 3K, if that's cutting back on coffee, if that's playing the three arena, if that's playing the Eurovision, if that's getting a promotion at work, whatever it is, you just put them all down in your notes and then have that as a green player. And it's just a little... If you're ever feeling lazy any day, it just kind of gives you a little nudge.
3: It does give you a little nudge. So the Eurovision must be top of the goals now, which is fantastic. Uh, like, I would have grown up, obviously, in the heyday of the Eurovision, Johnny Logan, Linda Martin, all of that. But we've yet to get it right for a long time. Are you confident that we will get it right with this song, uh, We Are One?
1: I would hope so. Again, maybe I'm uh, delusionally optimistic and positive, <laughs> but my, in my... Uh, Current mindset, I would think that I've written a song that I'm incredibly proud of, uh, that I think could be a real anthem. Uh, it feels quite, it feels very anthemic, and feels like it could really be quite big in a huge room. And I really hope people like it. Um, I really hope that people support it, and I really hope that people get behind us and support us and give us the opportunity to represent Ireland. Because honestly. I would absolutely love it, and, you know, we would all love it um, to be on that stage and represent our country. We're kind of, pardon the pun, but we're an all-or-nothing band. We do yeah. things to try and be the best that we can possibly be and to achieve the best possible results and to do things on a grand scale without ever being ahead of ourselves or being overly confident. Um
3: Oh, no, you've definitely, like, you've you've totally nailed it with the song. I've been listening to it here all morning. Like, it's a really big, bold anthem. The sound is huge. Like, I can imagine the crowd singing along, particularly to the chorus. Was that the intention to go really, really big, really anthony? Um, I
1: I think it's honestly just something I kind of gravitate towards a lot. I'm starting to realise that even with We Had Live Without You and Even next to you it's just something I love I think I've maybe secretly always wanted to be in a gospel
3: choir my whole life you would totally vibe in the gospel choir you really (laughs) would but you know your vision as well is all about sort of you know putting on the big show particularly in more recent times as well it's been sort of you know the the, the performance on stage the drama on stage no doubt you guys are going to bring a lot of drama a lot of rock and roll vibes to this
1: yeah of course (laughs) outfits <laughs> a lot of sequence um yeah I mean I think we, I would like to hope that we'll bring it all
3: bring the whole shebang absolutely so you know 2022 has been quite the year for you guys you mentioned obviously the new music but obviously touring with the Coronas and Westlife that must have been mind blowing for you guys
1: yeah it was amazing we supported Lewis Capaldi yes which is stadiums with Westlife um we've the Coronas. we've done two of our own full headline tours that were sold out just we've headlined Electric Picnic it was our ama- or didn't headline definitely didn't headline but we played the main stage um, but uh, yes it's been an amazing year um, and now coming into this year it just feels like it's something exciting it's something fresh so I always like to try and reinvent the wheel and keep my mind stimulated and do something exciting and something a bit bold and something a bit left the centre and you know, it feels like this is, this feels like a really cool move, I think, and, um you know, I truly really hope that we can do it. I hope it. That- where some people believe in us to, be to be the band to represent
3: their country. Yeah, and, and you know, you totally have, like, I mean, you know, all through your career so far, you have gone that sort of left of field. Uh, you know, you've done things that are unexpected. So perhaps I shouldn't have been so surprised by this. Uh, <laughs> but that, but that is part of, part of what you do. But talk to me about the songwriting process. Did it flow out of you? Was it challenging? Was there more pressure as well to get it right because it is for Eurovision? Yeah, sometimes
1: more pressure. But I think I kind of, again... I like I it kind of early so I just started writing. Never put like a time frame or pressure on myself. And I was writing a lot over in London. obviously I write for a lot of other artists as well. So I was kind of always around and about like writing. and then I was doing a week in Sweden and one of the days I went in and I wrote with a guy called Jurgen, who wrote a lot of like Britney Spears' hits and Kelly Clarkson's big hits and um I went in with him and Albeit a fractured start to the day. We got there in the end, and now we're we're uh, we're great friends. And we got this song. I had a piano riff and a melody for the chorus, and I sat down and played that. and We finally connected on that, and that then became the
3: song. Fantastic! So you've you've bonded with this guy now. So could it be more songwriting uh, collaborations in the future? Absolutely. Oh brilliant. Brilliant stuff. So we'll have Absolutely. to watch we'll have to watch the space for that one. Now, apart from the Eurovision bid, what does twenty twenty three have in store? That's gonna be the big one if this does materialise, but something tells me that you guys will be you know, you'll be back in the studio maybe or you'll have more gigs lined up.
1: Who knows? Who knows? I might uh if we don't get it I might retire. No, I'm joking, I won't. <laughs> I uh I don't know, honestly, I'm just taking it one step at a time. We have yeah. to do this, and if we were to get through to the Eurovision, that's kind of everything. is like, we can't do anything until June, mm-hmm. July, maybe, um, because everything will be focused on the Eurovision. Um,
3: yeah, so it's, a, we, it's, a, it's a big enough play. thing, yeah, to be keep focusing on, absolutely.
1: And if we don't get EuroSong, my diary will be incredibly free, so if anyone wants to hang out and get a <laughs> coffee, <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> no, I, I have a feeling, I have a feeling, I have a feeling it's going to it's gonna work out for you. Uh, you know, I mentioned the, the Eurovision from the past. Would you have any sort of, would you have good memories of it? Would there be any performances from Ireland that have stood out for you over the years?
1: Mickey Johart.
3: Oh, really?
1: I was like a kid. And I yeah, remember- I'm
3: so much older than you, Connor.
1: <laughs> M- Mickey, Mickey Johart was on uh, Eurovision. My granny for Christmas put his album in my stockings. <gasps> oh um so mickey johard is won and then i mean i was i know Ryan shot he he was yeah. great brooke was amazing last year obviously i was a big fan of and sam Ryder was amazing so many spain last year was incredible uh ukraine were amazing last year there's so many honestly
3: yeah, they they really are, and look, it could be wild, youth. It could be wild, youth, Who knows? Well, listen, I'm wishing you guys the the best of luck with the bid. Uh, thank you so much for taking time mate, to chat to me today, and um, we'll have fingers crossed and candles lit and everything for you, Connor. Thank you so much.
1: You're gonna have to pump, you're gonna have to pump out the songs daily, <laughs> so everyone can so everyone can sing it from home on the third of February. We will. around the late late show. Absolutely. But yeah, honestly, the one thing I just always like to say, and some people I think maybe. I think that because we might be known in Ireland that it's just kind of a given that we're going to get more votes than everyone. I always think that's never the case. And it mm. was just for us up. If anyone's ever seen us or liked us and supports us or liked any of our songs bit this show, to please, on the night of the third just ring, ring, ring. Because you can ring as many times as you want. So please get behind it and call as many times as you can.
3: Fantastic, Conor. Well, look, wishing you the best of luck. Thank you so, so much for joining me today. Thank you so much. Connor O'Donoghue there from Wild Youth would you like a little taster of the song it's called We Are One, here it is Wild Youth, we are one. It's their Eurovision bid. You'll have to watch this space. We don't know. We'll have to see what happens. But great catching up with Connor O'Donoghue from Wild Youth. Now going to take a quick break, and I've got music from Florence and the Machine, and we're going back in time. Audrey Hepburn popping up in the Northeast update.
2: Oh, L-M-F-M. The eleven to one show
0: with Gilmore's Mercedes Benz Kings Court. She- court, the best in motoring here for you. Hey.
3: Lots of suggestions coming in for cruising. We're going to get to them very, very shortly. But first, it's time to go back in time. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Senator Windows products will help you create a secure, comfortable, energy efficient home you're proud of. Call 0818 777 Going back to this day in 1969, actress Audrey Hepburn married for the second time. And today is Winnie the Pooh Day, one of the cuddliest holidays around. Yes, absolutely. He first... First appeared on the printed page in 1926 together with his friends Piglet, T- Tigger, and Eeyore. All of them were based on toys owned by the author's son, who fe- uh, featured in the famous stories as Christopher Robin, and then of course it became much loved Disney films. So, Winnie the Pooh day today. LMFM Northeast Update with Senator Windows. Creating the perfect home is a journey. Let us guide you. Visit our Drada, Dundalk and new Navin showrooms. Discover more at senatorwindows.ie. We are going to be talking to Grace Tierney, author Grace Tierney, in the second hour of the show. She's given us a mystery word. I've asked you not to Google. What does cruisling mean? Lots of people coming in with this one. Uh, does cruisling mean someone who's going on a cruise for the first time, says John Conlon in Carte de Abel McKenney. Maybe, maybe so. Uh, cruislings are the children who accompany their parents on a holiday cruise ship, says Helen and Trim. A couple more like that. Keep those coming in. 86 1800 658. Florence and the Machine, Dog Days Are Over. News of 12 is approaching. But after that, cruising. What Does It Mean? Author Grace Tierney joins us. Plus, the meme of Jamie Curtis that is going viral for all the right reasons.
2: Oh, the 11 to 1 show. Oh,
3: LMFM. Sarah. Whitney Houston kicking off our second hour. Sinead Brezel here with you till 1. I want to dedicate that one to Maeve. She's the curator of Drogheda Museum. It's her birthday today. Uh, she's the curator there of in Millmount and uh, all the guides, the tour guides want to wish Maeve a very happy birthday. So hope you're having a great day, Maeve. And I've been sent in a gorgeous picture of Millmount and the museum. It's in the, it looks like the magic hour just before dawn or maybe just before it gets dark in the evening. Absolutely stunning picture. Thank you so much. Hope Maeve's having a great day. Now, the Golden Globe Awards was an incredible night, um, particularly for Michelle Yao. She's the 60-year-old actress who'd waited 40 years to play lead role in a Hollywood film. And, you know, her uh, speech made the headlines the next day. But after that, after her award speech went viral, something else went viral for all the right reasons. It was Jamie Lee Curtis's reaction to Michelle's win. Uh, Curtis, by the way, had been nominated for Best Supporting Actress uh, in her uh, uh, film, but she didn't win. Uh, but her reaction to Michelle Ye winning Best Actress in a Comedy was just fantastic and a screenshot of this, of her triumphant celebration, like if you should just Google Jamie Lee Curtis and images and it'll come up straight away. Her celebration of this was just incredible and uh, the uh, CEO and founder of Gender Equity Company, Ella, Erin Gallagher decided to share this on LinkedIn along with a powerful message that is resonating with women everywhere. And I'm going to read a phrase She says, ladies, this is your vibe for 2023. Unabashed hype woman, full on, full out, full force. This photo was taken last night at the Golden Globes when Michelle Yeoh won Best Actress for her role in Everything Everywhere All at Once. Look at Jamie Lee Curtis. Just look at her. Hype other women. When she wins, fight the urge to question who does she think she is. Why is she getting attention? Did she really deserve it? Is she really that good? What about me? Guess what? The world has sold you a lie. Her success doesn't detract from yours. Her wins don't create your losses. Her joy can't steal the joy that's meant for you. So she says decondition and unlearn what you've been wired to think that women are your competition. It's a trap meant to distract us and to keep us keeping each other down. Find your Jamie hype, their Jamie and be her Jamie. I... Love this because so often women are pitted against each other. They really are. And look, I've, I've fallen into the trap myself. I'm going to hand put my hands up. Absolutely. You know, I see other women say even in this business and I go, why is she getting that? And why is she? You know, it creeps in. I will I'll absolutely put my hands up and then I have to stop myself and go, no, come on now. They, they deserve it. And it's totally true. We've been conditioned to learn that other women are our competition. So I love this. So get the meme going, get the Jamie Lee Curtis absolutely <laughs> screaming her head off with delight. And that's what we need. That's what our vibe is for 2023. Absolutely love that. I really do. And so much so what I even love even more is Jamie Lee Curtis has a T-shirt, right, <laughs> of herself going crazy and she's worn the t-shirt and it's on social media as well I mean that lady is just amazing she really is anyway getting to more celebrity news now with The Buzz
4: The Buzz on LMFM keep up to date with all the latest news and gossip on the LMFM app Hi I'm Crossy Selena Gomez posted a video from the set of Only Murders in the Building last night. Season 3 is set to shoot this week, and the video reveals that not only is Paul Rudd confirmed for this season, but Meryl Streep too.
1: Hey guys, we're on set. Hey. Hello. Yay. Could this honestly get any better? Uh uh-uh. Oh, wait.
2: Well, I do think it could get a little bit better.
1: Why? What do you mean? Steve, <laughs> you want to be shallow?
2: Yeah, oh, please. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am.
4: Dolly Parton has a new album coming out with a host of celebrities duetting with her. Dolly has revealed Sure, Paul McCartney, Miley Cyrus, Pink, Elton John and Stevie Nicks will be featured on her new upcoming rock and roll album called Rockstar. J-Lo has confirmed a rumour about Britney Spears. It was believed that J-Lo was supposed to perform with Britney and Madonna at the MTV Awards back in the early noughties. This was the night Britney kissed Madonna on stage. J-Lo couldn't do it, so they got Christina Aguilera instead.
0: Yes, that was actually true. Really? Yeah, yeah. I was filming a movie in Canada, and we we had met me, her, and Britney to do it, and then it just... I just couldn't get off the film. And so we couldn't do it. And so, and uh, I didn't wind up doing it. But yeah, we had talked about it. I love Madonna. I'm a huge fan. I always have been.
4: That's The Buzz. I'm Trossie.
0: The Buzz on LMFM. Keep up to date with all the latest news and
3: gossip on the LMFM app. The celebs lining up to kiss Madonna and she has announced, Madonna has announced that she's going on tour next year. I mean, that woman, she never slows down. She doesn't know what the meaning of retirement is. Absolutely not. Back to the music now. Here's Hosier. Oh. There's Hosier take me to church cruisling. I'm talking gobbledygook which means that Arthur Grace Tierney is back with word foolery after these. L-M-F-M It's time for Word Foolery Wednesday. Word Foolery Wednesday. On LMFM with Grace Tierney. Love it, Word Fillery Wednesday it's the time of the month when author Grace Tierney brings us fascinating and often hilarious origin stories behind words we use a lot and weird sounding words we shouldn't use more often this week's mystery word if you've missed it is cruisling and uh, lots of people getting in touch so cruisling C-R-O-O-Z-L-I-N-G okay what does this mean? Okay we're asking you what does it mean? The only rule is you can't Google and uh, the other Guinness girl a question of honour by Emily Horkin is up for grabs that book is up for grabs and I have author Grace Tierney on the line how are you getting on Grace? Morning straight. Lovely to talk to you and a happy new year happy new year to you as well uh, now we've got some messages coming in for cruisling already I'll just give you a little taster of it here right uh, a lot of people think it means cruising along in your car 10 kilometres with a line of cars hooting behind you uh, somebody else saying uh, cruisling is cuddling a baby and crooning softly uh, this Aww. one's my favourite, Cruisling. He was a young Tom Cruise, young Tom says Mark. In <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of people saying, uh, Cruislings are the children who accompany their parents on holiday on a cruise ship. Okay, so very interesting uh, meanings. Do keep those coming in. Uh, before we get to that, though, Grace, we're kicking off with anecdote. Uh, an- an- anecdote, even. Uh, yes, yeah. not antidote. Uh, which is a funny story, isn't it? Just.
0: Yeah, it is. It's a short amusing story, which I suppose is what we tried to come up with for these <laughs> these slots on the radio. Um, I did look into Antidote as well, but it's not as interesting, <laughs> so I decided on anecdotes instead. Um, it's a direct borrowing from French in the 1600s, and it came via Latin and Greek. So the original word is anecdota, which is spelled slightly differently, and it translates literally as things that are not published. And um, interestingly, it was originally a book title. Uh, Which I found this completely fascinating and it's very appropriate for the week that's in it. So Anecdota was written around the year 550 by a Roman historian called Procopius. Um, He was a scholar who accompanied the Roman generals during uh, Emperor Justinian's war. So a bit like embedded uh, news reporters do nowadays out in the Middle East or whatever. So he rode with the army. He witnessed massacres, battles and mutinies, and then he reported on all these things, but gave them a favourable spin to enhance the reputation of his emperor. And he published loads of books saying how great Justinian was. The thing was, though, he wrote one other book, which is this one, The Anecdota. It wasn't published during his lifetime for very good reasons, and it was far from positive about the emperor. In fact, it was packed with court gossip and may have been the first ever tell-all book, which I thought was great because, of course, we've got Prince Harry's tell-all book this week. So back to the anecdote of the original. Um, It was discovered centuries later in the Vatican Library and it was published in the 1600s, thus bringing the word into popular use and ultimately into the English Dictionary. So just like modern tell-all books, Procopius took his chance to expose the secrets of his emperor's reign and portray the private lives of his leader, his wife, his generals. The emperor is shown to be cruel and incompetent, and in one passage he even claims that he was possessed by demons, which is a pretty good put down when you think about it. Theories abound on why he took the chance of writing the book, which inevitably would have caused his death if it had been found. Um, They think it may have been written as insurance so that if the emperor was overthrown, he would be able to survive the regime change by saying, ah, yeah, but this is what he was really like. Um, so he never published it but thanks to the Vatican Library you can actually still get copies of it today I love it and uh, you won't get any reprisals from any demon filled emperors,
3: which is good news. I love that so forget Prince Harry it's all about this one I love that uh, yeah. so you know we're supposed to be you know getting out walking doing some exercise for our New Year's resolution but um, we're kind of on the couch aren't we so you've come up with couch potato which is a phrase I love tell me about this yeah
0: I, th- I think we all have a moment to being couch potato no matter how energetic we are so obviously it's defined as a person who likes to lounge on the sofa with the tv remote control in hand and on a very very cold day it, you know it's quite tempting and um, so obviously it's formed by two words couch and potato so we'll just look into those so couch has been with us since the mid 1300s as a word for a bed there's a whole load of different definitions about couch the tea and sofa but that's for another day if we want to anyway it was borrowed from old french and ultimately from latin Potato has a slightly more interesting story. It joined English in the 1560s from the Spanish word patata, and before that from batata, which was a word in the Carib language of uh, Haiti. Yeah, Haiti, that's how you say that. Um, The word was imported alongside what it describes, which was sweet potatoes. This was not your rooster or your queens or whatever. So if you see potato mentioned in an English uh, source up to the mid 1600s, they're actually talking about sweet potatoes. Common white potato arrived in Europe from Peru later in the century, and then they got the same name because they looked a bit similar, but obviously they're different plants. Um, Cow's potato is much more recent, and we can actually date it to 1976, and oh. know exactly who exactly he gave us the term, which I did not realize. So it was coined by an American man called Tom... I think that's how you say his surname. Um, and it was a pun. So the original American term was a boob tuber because the boob tube was American slang for TV. <laughs> Obviously over here, Different a boob words. tube is the top. <laughs> yeah. But in the States, it's boob tubers. So they're people that watch the TV. But then his friend cartoonist, uh, Robert Armstrong, drew a sketch of a potato, um, which is the best known tuber vegetable. Get it? Oh, I get you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the tuber is reclining on a couch watching TV and we go from boob tuber to couch tuber to couch potatoes. And um, But Robert really went for it. He formed a club called the Couch Potatoes and registered the term as a trademark in 1976. Clever in boy. States. He popularised the term and campaigned to raise the self-esteem of couch potatoes in an era of you know fitness and aerobics and all that kind of thing. And he even went so far as to say, Watching TV is an indigenous American form of meditation. Oh, I think it's an excellent excuse. So if Somebody feels a bit lazy today. You can tell them you're meditating.
3: <laughs> I love that. That's brilliant. Uh, OK, another one for us. Uh, quintessential, which I would have thought is just like the best or perfect. Like someone would put it in a sentence and say 11 to 1 is the quintessential radio program.
0: Yeah. And they would say that. They would say (laughs) But you do know self-praise is no praise at all. But anyway, we'll move on from that. And yeah, it's a beautiful word. I think everybody quite likes quintessential. And if you if you do, you know, what's your favorite word? Quintessential has the tendency to come up in the list. So I was quite surprised that I hadn't researched it before. And so it's a way of describing something as being the most perfect example of its type. So just like your radio show. Um, but its roots are really odd. They actually lie in alchemy. So alchemy was the medieval origins of modern day chemistry. And alchemists were mostly obsessed with discovering uh, the secrets to eternal life or turning lead into gold, you know, that kind of thing. They had a tendency to explode things on a regular basis. Um, so quintessence actually arrives in English before quintessential, the two words obviously evolved from each other. So we'll start with quintessence. It was used in the early 1400s in alchemy and philosophy as a literal term for the fifth essence. Okay, so quintessence, quin meaning five, like quintuplet, right? Yeah. So it's, it's a pretty simple formation. The ancient Greeks had the idea of four elements, which I think most of us know. So water, earth, uh, air or wind, and fire. Aristotle decided to add a fifth element. So this was ether. Now this is not the ether that you might use during an operation, okay? Okay. This fifth element was believed to be naturally bright, incorruptible, and it moved in circles. I have no idea why it moved in circles, but apparently it did. And it was the pure essence of all things and was the substance of heavenly bodies. Heavenly bodies with planets and stars. So basically, he believed that quintessence was stardust. And the alchemists wanted to find and extract it, but they never managed that, of course, or at least we don't know of them doing it. By the 1560s, quintessence had acquired a second meaning in English, the pure essence of a situation or of a person. This came from the idea of extracting a small quantity of the essential virtues of something, basically alchemy. The alchemists wouldn't agree, but that's how we get quintessential and that's why we use it. But they never found the fifth element.
3: Oh, okay. That's like so much more of a meaning. Like now quintessential, if you put that on anything, it really deserves that title, doesn't it? Yes, exactly.
0: Particularly for (laughs) radio
3: shows. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, So Halcyon Days, I think people have an idea about what Halcyon Days is, but tell us. Well, I actually thought Halcyon days meant good
0: weather in the summer. It, it doesn't. <laughs> okay, So that was what you thought. You were, a lot, you were in the same boat as me. So they are famously calm and peaceful days. And there are legendary 14 days of quiet weather in midwinter. So around this time of year. So that's why I thought it would be appropriate. And the idea was that at this time of year, a kingfisher would build its nest floating on the tranquil seas. Um, and this comes from classical mythology from the ancient Greeks. So there was a lady called Queen Halcyone, uh, which gives us the word, um, and she was the daughter of Aeolus, the Greek god and keeper of the winds. When she was widowed, she was so distraught that she threw herself into the sea and became a kingfisher, a oh. uh, kingfisher connection. It does actually make sense. So the English got the word Halcyon in the 1540s from Latin and ultimately from Greek Halcyon. Um, which may possibly be a misspelling of Alkion, which only has one letter different, which is the word for kingfisher. So there no may actually have been a typo in this one. But either way, the winter in Greece isn't particularly severe, but keen weather watchers at the time had noticed that there was a period regularly of sunny, mild conditions in midwinter, which lasted for about two weeks. And the clever kingfisher bird took advantage of this weather to lay an early brood of eggs and hatch them. And that's what gave rise to the myth being explained through the queen and the gods, which was the way they thought about the world back then. The myth spread to France and to Britain as well, which is how we get the words. And dead kingfisher birds were hung up outside houses and wow. weather vanes. You know, the way there'd be a thing of hanging up. Um, seaweed yeah, and if it, yeah. so it, it was their version of that and apparently they changed direction when the weather was changing now I wow. think that's unlikely and I feel sorry for the kingfisher birds but that's why they did it
3: okay so that's where the meaning of that definitely would not have put that connection with kingfishers to that absolutely brilliant uh, before you reveal cruisling for us this is fantastic uh, it's coming in on 086 it's Martina hi Sinead is it a form of walking when you're Cruising along, oozing confidence, thinking you look cool, when in fact you look like an idiot For example, I was cruising down the street on Saturday, feeling great with my skirt tucked into my knickers. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what is cruising? Put us out of our miseries. Something to tell you are know, off, are we? No,
0: no, I actually... You know, I missed a trick because I didn't realize until I listening to you earlier that it was Winnie the Pooh day and we should have just done Winnie the Pooh words. And one of those would be a woozle. A oh. woozle was some sort of a creature that he was scared of um, in the books and it rhymes with cruzle. So there you go. That's my slight nod. Towards <laughs> Winnie. I'll have to remember it for next year and we'll do Winnie the Pooh words for the math. Anyway, cruzle. So cruzle is a English dialect word and it, the meaning will depend on which dialect you use. Now, none of us are probably, are listening from Northern England or the West Country, but that's where it comes from. So I'm going to give you all three, and then I'll tell you what the, in my opinion, what the official one is. Okay. So the first one is Northern English. So you would say that the bacon is cruisled, and that means it is blackened or burnt at the edges. Mm. Okay? I don't know. I'm not sure we really need a word for that, but okay. Um, in the West Country, it can either mean, number one, a low whispering sound which I think does mean that the person that said they were cradling their newborn and cradling yeah, them, it's, you yeah. know, they're in the right neck of the woods with Absolutely. that. Absolutely. Um, and it sounds kind of right. The alternative one, which is endorsed by dictionary diva Susie Dent, and hence this is the one I'm going with. Yeah. Because <laughs> it was her I borrowed the word off in fairness. Um, it's also from the West Country and it means Snuggling under a blanket her duvet
3: for day one. Oh, so we'd be cruising through January. Oh, I like it's it now. You see, I thought it was a sleazy word when I heard no, it, so I kinda
0: of thought it meant your find so- is in the gutter today. No, this is the lovely word about <laughs> snuggling up on cold winter days. Love it. Absolutely love it.
3: well, as you mentioned there, Deirdre, she was on the right track, but the whole point of this is people who get it wrong, so I love it. Everyone who's gotten it wrong, fantastic! On oh eight six one eight hundred six five eight. So, what does twenty twenty three hold for you, book wise, Grace? No doubt you're writing away. I am always
0: <laughs> I'm reading away, lots of more reading of obscure dictionaries, than research like. uh, Yeah, so I I will be bringing out a book for Christmas. Oh. I realise it's bizarre to talk about Christmas in January, so I do apologise. Um, but yes, it'll be words Christmas gave us. Oh, and lovely. there are some real doobies of stories in that I'm actually very proud of how it's looking at the minute. But it doesn't have a cover yet. and You know, there's more work to be done, but it's coming.
3: It's coming. Fantastic. Well, I have no doubt it's going to be brilliant. Grace, as always, thank you for joining us for Word Foolery.
0: You're very welcome. See you soon.
3: Talk bye. to you soon. Bye. Bye-bye. Grace Tierney there. You can find her blog and all of her uh, books and everything, wordfoolery.wordpress.com And Martina, For your message about cruising down the road with your knickers, your skirt tucked into your knickers, you're going to get our book. We're going to send you out uh, The Other Guinness Girl, a question of honour that is going to be winging its way to you. We'll get in touch after the show.
2: The 11 to 1 show.
3: Biggie, Hammer, Dim, Man Bash. More of your nicknames coming in on 86 658 I'll get to those after these. Oh, L-M-F-M.
2: The 11 to 1 show. Oh,
3: L-M-F-M. Getting back to your messages on nicknames. Sinead, we had a friend with a second name, Nail. So, of course, we called him Hammer. <laughs> One message, brilliant. Uh, somebody else uh, has a friend with the second name Watt. You know, like Watt, like a wattage. So, of course, we called him Dim. It's brilliant as well. This is probably my favourite. Wayne Bruce was uh, this person's name. So, you know, man bat man Pat uh, mean Is been on my husband is called Figgy real name Oliver uh, he's been called Figgy because the lady next door when he was small used to give him a biscuit and he didn't like them till one day she gave him a fig roll he loved it and he would say Figgy Figgy so much so that it stuck in him 56 years later that is a brilliant nickname Figgy real named Oliver uh, he's a fan of the fig roll brilliant Harry Styles finishing us off today with As It Was Thank you so much for all your messages in And for your interaction with the show Thanks for choosing 11 to 1 Hope you have a great day Chat to you tomorrow
2: The 11 to 1 show
0: With Gilmore's Mercedes-Benz Kings Court. Choose from our huge selection of used Mercedes-Benz vehicles Gilmore's Mercedes-Benz Kings Court, The best in motoring, here for you